coming to you live from Canada. Here comes your game-changing, life-transforming turning point moment. <clears throat> yes, this is the sign you've been looking for. You're listening to Engage City Church. Powered by hope, not hype. Online at engagechurch.ca. But we're starting a brand new series today called Prepare Him Room. Prepare Him Room. And so we're just going to read. Uh, if you've got a Bible, who's got a, who's got a hard copy, real physical Bible here today? Does anyone have one of those? We've got one. We've got, okay, we've got one. Thank God we've got one. We've got one. And uh, that is great. We're going to read out of Luke chapter two. I need to let you know who is using the version Bible on their phone. Anyone? Uh, I'll let you know that uh, the te- hashtag TELUS network is open as well as the shot open. You can join uh, one of those. And if you go into your version uh, Bible on your phone and you click the bottom right hand corner, it's the more button on the bottom right hand corner and you hit events and you turn on your location services, you'll actually find your notes for today. So all of the verses, the notes, you can make notes in there, you can save them right on your phone, but we've got you preloaded, ready to go, and uh, you can jump on that right now. We're gonna read out of Luke chapter two in the ESV, so I'm gonna get Matt's help with that. Does, isn't, this, isn't this fireplace lovely? We're just, we're in the mood today, you know, we're in the, yeah, it's hot up here, so it's, it's nice. Christy's warming up. She's gonna be playing all service, and uh, she's she's gonna be warm. Luke chapter two. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius, I don't know, was governor of Syria. I should have read that earlier. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed. They were engaged. She was with child. Uh Uh-oh. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. Anyone heard that one before? It's an obscure portion of scripture in Luke chapter 2. Man, I'm just going to let you know that these screens are not what they should be at the moment, but that's cool. Luke chapter 2. So it's Christmas time. It's Christmas season, and uh, oftentimes at this time of the year, I pretend I, I don't like Christmas. You know, it's like, I do feel like we got a lot of Christmas. Like in our house, October 31st happened and November 1, our Christmas tree was, it arrived. Like it was, my boys were too excited. I got two sons, Everett and Kingston, four and almost two. And they just could not wait to put up the Christmas tree. They could not wait to decorate. Christmas music was being played. Playlists were being created. And I'm kind of walking around a little behumbug. I'm like, too soon too soon. It is too early. Too much Christmas. Too much Christmas. Too much Christmas. But is it even possible to have too much Christmas? No, it's not possible to have. Yes, it is possible to have too much Christmas, but we're walking a fine line. But the amazing thing is that I love Christmas time because at Christmas time, it's literally the only time of the year where it is socially acceptable for people uh, to break out into song. I'll give you an example. Christy, you just want to stop playing for a second? See? Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. Like, 
it's social. No, don't leave. It's socially acceptable for me to stand up here and go, "Joy to the world, the Lord is come." I don't know where the rhythm is. Let, no, don't play. Don't play. It's gonna make it worse. Don't play. I lost the key now. I lost the key. Let earth receive her key. This is the best part. Let every you sing with me. Prepare him room and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature. Oh, and head and head and nature. See, it's literally like you're living like in a Broadway movie where you can literally just start singing. I'm going to encourage you at any time, just start singing a Christmas carol in a public place. And it's totally fine. People are going to join with you. And, and it's all good. Thank you, Christy. But you can, it's literally, it's this amazing time of year where it's totally fine. Also, you go to the mall. It's the only time you go in the mall and the background jams at your favorite store are talking about Jesus. It's the only time of the year. And it's like, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. You're like, you're like, I'm buying shoes. Is this the vibe? Oh, come to me, oh, Israel. You're like, okay, that's cool. I'm going to rejoice when you buy the shoes, right? It's like, it's an amazing, epic moment that's just like emotionally preparing you for that purchase. It's a, the most magical, wonderful time of year. And in many ways, Christmas is like Disneyland for everyone for like a month. It's it's, 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 it's pretty great. Um, but you know what, awesome, what else is awesome about Christmas is that Christmas is like universally uh, connected to or aligned with anticipation. Right? There's like this like sense of excitement. There's a sense of something's going to happen. It was the night before Christmas and all through the house, not a creature was stirring. And there's these two thoughts and these ideas, this anticipation that's building. Now, for many of us, you know, it's building for all kinds of things. But I guess that's my first question today. What are we anticipating this Christmas? Are we anticipating toys? Are you anticipating gifts? Are you anticipating a trip? Maybe you're going away. Time with your family. Gilmore Girls on Netflix. Like, I don't know, what is it that you're anticipating? I don't know, we're anticipating all kinds of different things. Maybe it's the complete opposite. You're, you're actually anticipating the negative side of the gifts because you feel like you couldn't deliver. Like, the budget's not big enough this year. You're anticipating the negative. You're anticipating, I don't want to see my family. My family is crazy. My family disowns me. I don't want to see them. I don't want to sit down for the dinner because that turkey is almost toxic. What is it that you're anticipating this Christmas. Lamentations 3 says this. That's right. We're going to Lamentations. We're lamenting today. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Not a creature was stirring. Not even a mouse. In the mornings, my oldest son Everett, he's four. He comes running down the hall into our room, always running. Whips open the door, comes up to over to my side of the bed, says, good morning, Dad. Like, he's like primed, ready to go. He's awake, he's like, he's ready to face the day. And then he always says, what are we doing today, Dad? And, you know, I'm kind of like, like, I am not good in the morning. Like, morning is, would not be my strong suit. Like, it's not, I, you know, 
I've got attitude issues in the morning. I've got behavioral issues in the morning. I, I need a few cups of coffee before I'm functioning even close to a human being. And so my son comes in. He's like, good morning, Dad. And you hear the pitter, patter, patter. And, and you'd think that you would be like, I would be full of like fear and anger or, or, or mad when I hear that pitter, patter of his feet. But the truth is, if I'm not at home, if I'm away or if he's having a sleepover, I miss the sound of those feet coming down the hallway. I miss the love. I miss the greeting. Good morning, Dad. Helps me face the day. Galatians 4 says this. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoptions, adoption as sons. Talking of all Mankind. I'm just going to turn this fog off for a moment because I feel like you're concerned that this is a real fire. Um, <laughs> it's like, uh, did somebody leave the fireplace on for too long and is smoking up in here? In the fullness of time, at just the right time, at just the right moment, at just the right place, when in the midst of what seemed like silence, God did something. He broke through at just the right moment, at the fullness of time when God ordained like a master chess player. He unleashed the glory of God on earth through his son, Jesus. Born in a manger at just the right time, at just the right place to fulfill the words of the prophet and the prophecies that came through thousands of years. Now the interesting thing about Jesus' appearance about him showing up is that prior to Jesus' appearance, there is what we understand to be 400 years of silence from God. If you're reading in your Bible and you make it to the end of Malachi, that's the last prophet, the last person who God spoke through. And then there was 400 years until we open our pages. Now, you just think it's like one page that says the New Testament. That one page that says the New Testament right after Malachi, right before you get to Matthew, represents 400 years of God being quiet. And so when you turn the page, it's a different world, it's a different place, it's a different time. When you make it to Jesus and you, where we've left Malachi, the, the whole world has shifted, the atmosphere has shifted. You could say that the whole earth was in silence, that not a creature was stirring. Not even a mouth. Because God did not speak through his people. Instead, he let his word settle out. He let his word come to pass. Now, a lot had, a lot had changed. <laughs> you see, God allowed a period of time for his teachings of the Old Testament to, to permeate through the world. It kind of started spreading out this, this book, the Old Testament, as we know it. During this time, it was as if God rearranged the scenes of history. Much as a stage crew will change the sets and change the scenery in between plays, God did the same thing. He reset history. The, the, the powers at be in the world shifted. They shifted the power from the east to the west, from Babylon to Persia. From Persia to the Greeks. From Greeks to Rome. Now, when the power began to shift from Babylon to Persia that began to fulfill the prophecy that we find in Daniel 7 Daniel 8. You see, what we thought or we 
think as 400 years of silence maybe shouldn't be considered as silence at all. Maybe it should be considered as God, the master architect, the master designer, the master, the chess master, if you wouldn't, began to reset the table. He reset the board for his next act, for the next greatest act that he could envision, which was sending his one and only son to redeem you and I. So in the midst of the silence, in the midst of the quiet where he did not speak again through a prophet, he spoke in many other ways. He let the words that he already spoke come to pass. And he rearranged the scene. He rearranged the players. He brought things into alignment to set the stage. You see, even the hearts of the Israelites began to turn. You would think that after 400 years of silence that people would be angry or people would be upset, that people would be angry, that, uh, mad that God wasn't speaking, but something else began to happen. It was as if the world was waiting with bated breath. For God's people began, began to become sick of polytheism, where you just kind of mashed everything up. Where you worship this thing, that thing, the Christmas tree, the garland. You just worshiped everything. Everything was a God and everything was worthy. They became sick of these empty pagan traditions. So in this season of silence, this season of quiet, when it seemed like God was doing nothing, that he was absent, and instead of his people drifting further and further away, because they were basically as far away as you could get. It began to drift closer and closer and closer, and he used that season to prepare their hearts. He began to prepare room in their hearts for him. The people began eagerly anticipating, turning back to the words that God had already spoken. Though he was silent, they went back to the words. They went back to the promises, and it was there. They began, in the silence, they began to anticipate the hope of the Messiah. As we move through an Advent season, we're moving through these different stages. This first one is hope and it's anticipation. Yeah, the world is full of hope and it's full of anticipation for Christmas and for toys and for turkey and for stuffing and for maybe going away or whatever it is you're doing. But the, the real question is, what are, isn't, what are we anticipating? The real question is, what am I anticipating? As Jesus begins to Prepare room in our hearts. I guess maybe the question is, are we preparing room in our hearts for him? Isaiah 9, verse 2. If you're with me, say, I'm with you. I'm just like rolling and you're just quiet. And then we got fire noises. So the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. If you're taking notes today, I want to remind you that silence punctuates the promise. Silence punctuates the promise. So in the midst of the silence, in the midst of what we perceive to be darkness, God was doing something, rearranging the players, rearranging the earth to prepare room Yes, one more time. <laughs> Prepare room for Jesus. Why don't you join me in Luke chapter 2, 
verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ. The Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with this angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, No, okay. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So out of the silence, God breaks through and he breaks through in a big way, not just with a baby, but in the midst of a field in a region not that far away in some hills to the most unlikely characters who are just doing their jobs, you know, on the night shift, just singing country music alone in the, you know, I don't know what you do as a shepherd. I don't uh, mourn the fact that you're a shepherd. I'm not sure what it is you do. David sang a lot. And in that moment, an angel shows up. They freak out. I'm assuming they fall to the ground. It's, it's bright. It's light. The heavens are glowing. There's this word coming out of nowhere. A whole multitude of angels shows up and starts singing, Glory to God in the highest and peace and goodwill to all men, which signified in that moment that the silence was broken, that God had come through, that the Messiah was present. It wasn't just a small blip. Oh, there's a baby over here. I mean, think about the cosmic implications where, where God literally placed a star over a manger, rearranged the sky, over 400 years rearranged kingdoms and rulers, raised up new ones, killed off other ones, shifted the whole basis of power in the world so that just the right time, in the fullness of time, that when Jesus showed up, the people were ready. The earth was prepared. And they were ready because they were filled with eager anticipation for the Messiah. But in a story that continues throughout Jesus' lifetime, he showed up in a way that they never expected. And he did something that he never thought they would do. They had their own minds. They had their own thoughts of what to expect. And Jesus changed the story. I love picture of the angels breaking through singing out at the top of their lungs declaring the glory of God after 400 years of silence you would think that God would show up to a king you would think that God would show up to a prophet you would think that God would show up to someone with the most, of the most utmost important, I said utmost a lot of times, of utmost importance, somebody who could do something about it, who could, who could change the game, who could, who could who'd do something with this great news. But no, he showed up to the shepherds and he said, listen, guys, I know it's a long night and you're looking tired, but I just woke you up with thousands of angels in the sky. Not a big deal. He shows up and breaks the silence to average, ordinary, common folk who were filled with awe and wonder at the thought that they were chosen and that they were a part of history. 
what am I anticipating this Christmas season? I love randomly singing Joy to the World in public because it says, let every heart prepare him room. Let every heart prepare him room. What am I anticipating? What am I waiting for? In that 400 years that we, we spoke of, it's a long time. 400 years is a long time. But there's many of us in this room in a season of life that feels like it's your 400 years. You feel like this has been the longest season of your life. You feel like there's silence. You feel like God is maybe holed up somewhere, that he's waiting for you to do something, and you find yourself striving and, and trying to, to go back to those old places to find God again, to sing those songs again. You find yourself just doing anything to reach out and touch him, but it seems like there's this distance between you and him, and you're starting to worry, and you're starting to panic because you're like, God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Are all the reports that everyone else has said, are they true that you're just not even out there, that I've been buying into this lie? And this season of your life, whatever it is, feels like the longest season that you've ever been in. But if there's anything that we can learn from history and that we can learn from the scriptures, that when there's a season of silence, God is at work. In the midst of a season of silence, when it feels like your prayers and your songs are hitting the root, where they're running into, this, <laughs> into the ceiling and, and you can't break out of this funk, you can't break out of this mood, you can't break out of this groove, and you become more depressed and more anxious throughout the day because all those things that you found comfort in in Jesus don't seem to be there anymore. But can I remind you that when there's silence, that silence always punctuates the promise, that though weeping, May last through the night, the joy comes in the morning. And just like the angels met the shepherds in the field, Jesus is going to break through in an incredible fashion with song, with singing, with dancing, probably me somewhere randomly shouting joy to the world. The Lord has come. It's your breakthrough moment. Your breakthrough comes after the silence, not because God doesn't want to talk to you, because God is rearranging and orchestrating and placing things into their proper place so that in the fullness of time, you can step out of the dark. You can step out of the silence. You can step out of the quiet. You can step into your breakthrough moment. What am I anticipating this Christmas? I love watching, anyone else like watching medical shows on TV? But not like, I don't want to watch like the real surgeries. <laughs> I want to watch like the fake ones, like Chicago Med or something like that. If, yeah, there you go, yeah, yes. Um. Shh, we don't tell people. Um, I love those shows, and I love it when they're in the midst of like a chaotic situation. The body that's coming in on the crash cart, 
and they always have to intubate, right? So they're, they're coming in, and they're bringing the people in, and they're pushing them into the medical room into trauma. It's chaos. Oh, my goodness. And the doctor always says, give me some room to work. Give me some room to work. Get the people out. Give me some room to work. You know, if it's like a, a paramedic situation, like Chicago Fire, I watch all the Chicago's. I'm hoping that they can, like, start, like, a Chicago, like, church, and then I can go and be on the cast where they all come and pray, and, you know, there's a breakthrough moment in every episode. It's amazing. Uh, Chicago grocery store. Um, they got to eat sometime. But in the paramedic scene, everyone tries to crowd around to watch the chaos. I mean, you've seen this on the highway. I drive hot. The yellowhead almost every day, and, and there always seems to be some kind of incident on there, which isn't actually an incident, which causes then an incident. Like, you're driving on the yellowhead, somebody pulled over because they have to help their child use the bathroom because they didn't go before they left, and every parent's been there, but every person in that line of traffic on the morning commute's got to go, <laughs> what? and they slow down. Like, it's 110, they're down to 35 kilometers, and they're going, oh, just pee. And then... They keep going, but in the midst of that, because it's winter and it's cold and it's busy, then somebody is not paying attention, maybe texting and driving. Don't do it. Often. And um, <laughs> don't take advice from me, and we got police in the room. We'll write you tickets after. It's fine. We're going we're gonna to set up a sting on the, while you're making, like, lunch plans after church. It's like, oh, we're going to go to, never mind, Matt just pulled me over again. It's, but inevitably, a small situation that was nothing creates a very large situation because somebody's not paying attention. And there's a train wreck, and the, the paramedic comes in, and they say the exact same thing because everyone wants to see the chaos. Everyone wants to see the gore. Nobody cares about the outcome. The paramedic says, give me some room to work. It's the same thing in our lives. You're in the midst of this silence. You're in the midst of this season. And it hurts. And it's quiet. And you feel alone. And it feels as if the whole world is watching. Watching the chaos. Watching the drama unfold. And every moment that passes, you feel like people are just waiting for you to fail so they can make you say, oh, pff, see, I told you that Jesus' stuff was nothing. I told you you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to believe that. You didn't have to say that. You didn't have to do that. I told you, I told you, I told you. Can I tell you, in the midst of the silence, God is not done with you yet. Not done with you yet. The rest, as Natasha Bedingfield says, is still unwritten. <laughs> you got a early two thousands pop music. It's it's a treasure. Brendan, why don't you come up? We must understand that. Anything else that we may be anticipating in this Christmas season is only fulfilled in Jesus. You might be anticipating...
family because you love feeling like you're a part of something bigger than yourselves. Can I tell you, the truth is the only way that you will find fulfillment in your family is through Jesus and in the family of God. You might be anticipating these gifts and these rewards and all these things that feels good when somebody thinks about it. I mean, we're all anticipating different things based on our five love languages. You know, if, 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 you're, if you're like a quality time person and you're looking forward to just like watching It's a Wonderful Life 14 times with family, sipping on hot cocoa, and maybe having, watching Elf later, you know, just cause. And you just want to be like present with your family and it's a two-week journey of just like you being in a warm blanket, not wearing outside clothes and just hanging out with people. If you're like a gifts person, then man, you had better, someone had better deliver the right gift to you or you will not feel loved or cherished. If you're a words of affirmation person, in the midst of everything, you're just hoping someone would write a card or pull you aside and tell you how much they mean to you. I mean, you can fill in the blanks, but can I tell you the only one who can ever actually fulfill any of those things that you're desiring is Jesus? This Christmas season, and it is Christmas, and it is a season, whether you like it or not. The whole world shifts their gaze off of the regular routines of life. And whether they like it or not, whether they're happy about it or not, whether there's a nativity scene or not, everyone is turning and they're looking towards Jesus. Why? Because the world is waiting with bated breath for a savior. They're waiting for a savior. This Christmas, will you prepare room in your heart for Jesus? See, the amazing thing about Christmas for us in North America is that January comes right after a new year, a new season, a new beginning. What if you took this season, this time, Christmas, set your eyes on Jesus. You filled your heart and your mind with anticipation for what it is that God wants to do in your life. You filled yourself with anticipation with what it is that God wants to do through you in this life. You realize that at this time that there's no other greater time in the year to invite somebody to come and hear of the hope and the grace and the love and the mercy and the forgiveness that's found in Jesus. That at this time, we realize that we're going to prepare room for Jesus to come and work in the midst of our silence, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our success. I want to just add this one thing. Oftentimes when we paint the picture of silence, we think that it only is a season of striving or pain or hurt. But oftentimes, the greatest silence can happen in the midst of your greatest success. The question is, is my heart ready for Jesus to break through? Or am I so content with what I've accomplished that I don't allow him room to work in my life? 
been listening to The Engage Life, powered by Engage City Church. If you like what you heard, check out engagechurch.ca.